Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. Welcome to today's episode. We are talking today all about sustainability, a sustainable idea. Now, let's face it, when we go and decide what we want to buy, and um, today's time we, of course, want to be a little bit more sustainable, not only just how we make our businesses sustainable, but as well how we, let's say, buy products that are sustainable for the environment, we have a wide range of challenges to, let's say, overcome. Now, the thing is, it's not just us who are looking for products or services or making decisions what to vote, what to buy, what even to promote, what to tell others as well, what we think is the right way. Now, there's a myriad, a way range of people who are sharing quite differing narratives. And when we look at the sustainable idea, what's it actually supposed to be? Now, a sustainable idea should something should be something that you can keep doing. It means as well, of course, for the environment, the environment has to be treated in a sustainable way. So let's imagine you are in a room and the three people, two have two coins each and one always collects coins from others. So at a certain stage, he'll have all four coins and the others none. Now, it would then mean that, of course, the other two have to start collecting coins from the person who has all coins. So it goes back and forth. Now, if we are exchanging the coins for products, let's say for bread or whatever, eventually in that room, 
everybody will have eaten up the bread. But the coins are still there. Now, once the bread is gone, we haven't got anything anymore to exchange for the coins. So the trade going back and forth doesn't work anymore. This is the similar thing that when we realize that fossil fuels are not sustainable because eventually one day we will have no fuel in the ground or no gas, oil and so on. Same applies as well to coal. We can of course damage the entire environment, dig up the coal and everything and trying to or at least hoping eventually we still keeping finding stuff as long as we need or as long as we're in business. Now this of course is not a sustainable beer but <clears throat> for many people who just look at short term because they just look at their own lifetime then of course it might work out for them. Now the reality is that if you are looking at life and business and other things in a totally different way, then you realize that's not sustainable. Because it's, it's the same thing like when you go hiking and you see people dump garbage, rubbish into the rivers, into the lakes, even into the sea, then that's something that we then think, hey, that's not nice. Not only maybe it doesn't look nice, maybe it doesn't even smell very nice, but in fact, the habitat that has to live in those waters, whether it's fish, plankton, other kind of animals, and even the population who has to take water from that river, from that lake and see and do something for their own survival, that water is polluted. And eventually as well, all the sea life and all the river life will be polluted. And you eventually can't eat that because that's what leads to illnesses, sicknesses, and destruction of DNA and other kind of things. Now, when we think, okay, how could we do it better? Yeah? How can we conduct our lives, our businesses, our general decisions in a more sustainable way? Then we have to not just look at basic things. We start at basic things like, for instance, separating paper, cardboard from rubbish that cannot be recycled. And by recycling, I do not see burning trash as a way of recycling. That's just converting trash into heat and having a lot of pollution there. Even if you don't see it, it's there. Yeah? Now, you might have a different opinion on that. That might be okay. But for this episode, I'm clearly going to look at a few things. Now, you might think, okay, well, why are you actually telling us that? Now, I've written a book last year, I published a book, was this year? Huh, time flies, no, it was last year. A book called The Sustainable Business Idea. The key thing about it is looking at ESG. Now, ESG is a massively fostered taxonomy, which the European Commission, European Parliament, wants to use to improve our sustainability. 
as well big investment companies like blackrock and so on have been to a certain degree using that and getting backlash for maybe overdoing it or using it in the wrong way or because certain companies have invested they're actually let's say not really sustainable they're greenwashing and investors see that they're actually wasting investors money and not really contributing to the environment so eventually what happens a good idea becomes a bad idea but it's not the idea's problem it's the people who actually use the idea and implement it to their advantage not to the environment's advantage or society or even governance of investors <clears throat> so it's it's like making up a cup of tea for yourself checking out the right time when you go and take the tea bag out and doing a second cup but neglecting it and giving it to the other person and it tastes horrible what's the effect the person of course will next time not ask for a cup of tea and take a coffee which is of course easier to do which is your objective or they just, just simply refrain from visiting you because they don't like coffee and horrible tea isn't just worth the visit. Now, being a bit funny on this topic would be, of course, great if it were that funny in reality. Now, let's think of it. Greenwashing. Do you know what greenwashing is? I'm sure many of you will have heard of it. Many of you will have an idea or even know quite well what it is. It's simple, actually. It's by simply taking a product that is polluting the environment and claiming it is green. And by claiming green, it means actually you are claiming that your product is environmentally friendly, it's not polluting the environment or even polluting at least less than other products. Now, this greenwashing you can do in a multitude of ways. You can, of course, buy certificates that claim you're green. You can manipulate your products. We know that from all the diesel scandals where software was used to manipulate and is still being used in some cases, obviously, as we see, and new scandals are going to come. So the ICE car manufacturing industry will be now and then have problems because, of course, certain systemic illnesses aren't properly eradicated and it's not okay if you go and say okay we just uh, sack a few people and then everybody will think okay that's fine uh, they've removed the culprits in reality of course the people who actually gave the orders to this kind of manipulation are still in their positions or even have been promoted now that's of course a crazy thing to realize when you're trying to make your own effort to be sustainable and you see these companies and organizations are actively greenwashing whilst you and I are making maybe quite a decent attempt at least to be less of a weight on nature. Now, this greenwashing, how does it work? besides, of course, being lazy and buying uh, certificates, there are many other ways. One 
An additional way is using ESG, so the environmental social governance um, taxonomy. You can use that. And if you define the stuff in the right way, you can actually be greener than a real green business. As a simple example, you can get an ESG rating without even being audited. Interesting, huh? At the other side as well, fossil fuel companies can have a better ESG rate than a green company who's actually producing environmental friendly products. And now you say, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't work. How, how can that work? How can that work? It does. It can work. Now, let's face it. When you've received a certain insight into all different kind of areas, you then really notice and realize you have to look behind the curtain. Yeah, It's like if you are in a theater, you are sitting where everybody is just sitting and watching and you see this theater but you don't actually see what's happening behind the theater curtains. You don't know what's happening behind stage um, and so on. And reality is there's a lot of lobbying happening. And these lobbyists are well positioned to tell people, businesses, banks and so on, that doing certain things will make them environmentally friendly. They'll be sustainable they'll have a sustainable business. And that's not really a good thing from perspective of creating a sustainable movement. And even just basically making companies greener is certainly a good idea. But if you just make them greener by creating a lot of paperwork and re-educating people to know how to use ESG to a certain degree, it doesn't make things greener. Yeah, that's the reality. Now, of course, hey, yeah, these lobbyists, they're all in the USA. No, 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 no. They're not just in the US or Canada. They are all across Europe. And they're even most active in Eastern European countries. Very active. And you would be astonished what high-level contacts they have. They don't need to go and lobby to some backbencher. Huh, they don't need that. They have the direct contacts to the ministers, to the prime ministers, the presidents of the nations where they're actually lobbying and they have direct contacts. They have their audiences, they have their meetings. They have the ability actually to have very personal, sensitive meetings without anybody else watching and listening. And that's quite a thing when you imagine and realize that actually the sustainable idea itself isn't that sustainable when you look at what's happening. And it's, it's not just the ESG that's being used to greenwash. We have as well a massive issue in social media because that's how you can influence the masses most easily. Because let's, let's look at it. In maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago, 
there was no social media. People would get the news from television, radio, and newspapers, and maybe magazines to a certain degree. Yeah? There would be influence. Now, in today's time, today's generations that are maybe between, let's say, 20 to 50, most of them actually not even reading a newspaper. They're not even, many not even watching television. But the people who are maybe, let's say, 50 to 80, 90, 100, they all are massively addicted to television, to television news. And that's where they derive their truth. In contrast, the younger generations are in social media. They go to all sorts of platforms, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and so on. Now, that's where they go and get the news. They might even go to news websites online, like the BBC, NT4, um, and other kind of news platforms. But they're not actually going into a shop and buying a newspaper, a printed newspaper. That's only not only unsustainable, but it's that's how the world is. People habits have changed, and that's of course a topic for a different thing about um, getting people to stick with a certain habit of taking news or information from a certain area. But this is something that troll farms are taking advantage of. As an example, let's say you buy yourself a Tesla, yeah, and then you go into Facebook, you subscribe for different groups, and you're excited and happy and you you like the car you like the feeling you like the drive and you like as well the idea of being more environmentally friendly instead of filling your old diesel with gallons and gallons of fuel and burning it and noticing the pollution that's actually going out and of course all the diesel scanners just gave us an insight into a certain range of products from a certain range of manufacturers, but there's much more behind the scenes actually happening and available. But that's the thing. You go in there and you start posting, oh, you're happy and this is great and post photos. And then suddenly come these people and start posting, ah, oh, I bought the car and it was problems, didn't work, was scratched and this, the system didn't charge, and then it did updates, and it didn't work, and so on. And then you have lots of other people who are regularly posting in there, and they say, uh, did you try calling? Ah, oh, the service was bad, support was bad, they were impudent, and so on. I, I got and sued them, and blah, blah, blah. And as you keep looking at it, it sounds as if people are actually repeating and regurgitating all the time the same kind of fake story. And when you then meet up with the people who are actually driving a Tesla, you realize, oh, that's strange. You you meet people, physically, actively people, or in conversation who are driving them, who bought one, or who have one, or know someone who really actively has one, and they're happy. But you go on social media, and you have this negative people telling you that they're going to go and flames and so on and then you have certain news agencies who are promoting that these cars are going in flames but suddenly now and then you go and read that certain traditional car manufacturers the cars burn explode and so on and you're thinking that is strange that happens and there's no backslash 
everything quiet, hush, hush. But when somebody goes crazy and does something stupid with a Tesla, it's all over the news. And people are bashing and bashing and bashing. And then you realize, this is strange. So somebody obviously doesn't want Tesla to succeed. And it's not a pure economical thing. It's as well ideology and so on. Nevertheless, looking at all these things, it's the same thing if you take a different product. Different product or different brand or, or just look at a politician. There are politicians out there who are trying to actively make the environment a safe place for our children, for the wildlife, trying maybe to even promote political, legal measures to protect the environment and society in a much better way. And they are then actively being attacked with all sorts of means and horrible means, whether they are, they've said something horrible, maybe they've been um, discriminating, or they have some kind of side thing going, or they've been um, bribed by this or that or whatever, all sorts of accusations. They all never come to, to reality, but people at that point read it, and they are so broken down, these people eventually, that these good people actually leave politics. Disgraced, and everybody only remembers the disgrace. Nobody remembers the fact that actually one eventually finds out that the whole story was a hoax. Yeah. And that's how you then eventually make people then get scared. And then they just are environmentally friendly for themselves. But they're not trying to actively promote it to other people because they're scared of being bashed all the time. And that's the key thing. Yeah. The troll farms are nothing new. Troll farms have been used in social, political strategies in different countries, especially to influence voters' opinion on that. And yeah, we've seen it in the US elections. We've seen it in other kind of things. It's nothing new. It's even been used in the Second World War, throwing leaflets and so on from planes and that. It's just that today it's more sophisticated. You have buildings full of editors who write this kind of stuff in all sorts of social medias, and um, there are certain scripts they simply follow. Now, let's face it, social media is a complex system which um, takes advantage of the human habit of forming habits and digesting information. And that's an advantage for those who make social media apps, an advantage for those who operate troll farms. And that's a big problem because it is difficult to separate both, at least from each other, that you can't simply go and misuse social media. The thing is, even if this behavioral habit changing feature weren't in social media, you would log in into it and never come back or even far too seldom, you maybe would log in once a month into Twitter or into Facebook or LinkedIn, etc. Yeah, and that wouldn't be sustainable because then they can't sell enough ads because there's not enough traffic. That's the game, traffic, exactly. So when we look at traffic, even 
even information technology consumes energy and that is well a certain kind of pollution and when we look at things like environmental friendly technology we have to look at ways to reorganize not only our lives but our business organizations to be more environmentally friendly there are a multitude of things that you can really do and a multitude of things that are just shift the problem from left to right and right to left it makes no no real sense so like i'm sitting here recording this podcast early in the morning with a cup of tea here next to me and i'm thinking hey what's the whole point why should we be environmentally friendly or even make an effort let's face it if you really want to live at least a certain kind of healthy life you should have a few things available to you first clean air you say oh our air is here so clean it's so clean it's wonderful just go to china or to india and the air pollution you start coughing yes that is true developing countries uh, and emerging countries have often a problem with pollution but even they are moving faster it's just that it seems the europeans are still stuck with old ideas old habits why simple just look at how many cars are manufactured in europe and who is manufacturing them it's all the traditional brands who originally started manufacturing cars 120 130 years ago and they are stuck in an old tradition of two things the way they've always been doing it and that's the mindset they dislike different attitudes different thinking and that's what actually fascinates you when you look at products like for instance tesla where you say why is it possible to do certain things with a tesla which is a product that comes from a company that only existed for 10 years whilst the established brands just can't do that yeah it's it's so simple where you think why it can't be that difficult if they've done it why very simple because they are open to new innovation they go and hire and recruit excellent people who've been working in the other industries but are frustrated because they couldn't do what they really wanted to do they were always told, no, you don't do that, uh, we don't do this, this is against our policy, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And even if it's an environmentally friendly idea, they don't want. Now, look at things. Hey, if you can build a business and produce sustainable products, what can you be actually contributing? You're contributing value to the economy, to society, and as well to the environment. Because, of course, your product might have a certain kind of, let's say, benefit towards environment or towards society. So let's say, for instance, you're, you've got a product that helps people avoid using so much water, or maybe you have a product better detergent, or you have a product that maybe actually helps people communicate with each other in a much better way, or use, you waste less packaging. Yeah? 
There are many different things. And it's not just about the traditional things like packaging and transport and washing and water consumption and so on. There are many other areas as well. And that's the thing. ESG is actually has to do as well with social, social things. So can we maybe help people to get the education they need, to get jobs, get sustainable jobs, and not constantly being laid off? And that, because that causes as well strain on society. Just look at how many people have mental health issues. That's as well a factor. And it should be as well massively covered by topics like ESG. But just look at it. The big companies who are really using ESG to greenwash, they don't care if you have mental issues. They don't care if you're consuming more water than you need or, let's say, wasting more fuel. Mm. They don't care. With everything you waste, they make money. Yeah, and it's crazy. It is possible. And lobbyists cost a lot of money. And they're paying them millions. Yeah. There are lobbyists out there that make easily 10 million as a one-man show. And you'd think, what? How can a company go and pay a lobbyist 10 million? It's crazy. Or a million. Or even 500,000. For what? For chatting? <laughs> they're not just chatting. They're promoting in a very clever way and of course, the contacts that they've built to all the different political organizations, they're letting themselves be paid in a very nice way. Now, let's think of it. How could we change the game? And in my next episodes, I'm going to look a little bit more at the sustainable idea and look at more positive ways. Because let's face it, we know that people out there generating negative narratives in order to discredit products, companies, politicians, local people who are actually trying to keep the environment clean, whether they're trying to clean rivers or even help the development of towns and cities to be sustainable. And they're actually being discredited by a variety of tactics that sometimes are even on the borderline of being very criminal. But they know how to do, how to play the game, they have the contacts, and they get away with it. But it doesn't help us if we just simply complain and don't do anything. We have to do our part to creating a sustainable business and economy and environment for our generations and future generations, because it's not just about future, it's about us as well. We at least I hope so, we'll be as well living in this world for quite a while. So until then, I'd suggest that you log in the next few days again into my podcast and listen to the next section. And if you want to understand a little bit more how ESG actually works, go into Amazon and search for the book, The Sustainable Business Idea. That'll give you a quick insight into what actually ESG is. You understand what it really is, and you get a basic understanding of how you actually can use it to benefit your business in a positive way. The negative side of 
all this sustainability, the, the, the greenwashing and so on, is that in reality, all these e-fuels that we're hearing are becoming a real scam. Let's face it, aviation is using much better fuel nowadays than they used to do. And that's a quite a good, great improvement. But in the automotive industry, they are trying to support a business model of ICE. I mean, vehicles that burn fossil fuel. And the crazy thing about the car industry is how they want to actually derive their e-fuels, the environmentally friendly fuels, in a very environmentally destroying way. Well, how? Simple. For instance, by instead of producing food, they produce biofuel crops. Instead of letting people use water to drink and uh, create food and so on, they go and take the water and break it up into hydrogen. Hmm. For so that people with a heavy SUV can drive it. Well, that's interesting. Eh? Look at it, how certain kind of lobbies and activities are happening, and people are promoting this kind of unsustainable business model. Unfortunately, the thing is, the different ways of looking at the word sustainable. Some people look at sustainable when you can keep selling the stuff, and others look at it from an environmental and social standpoint. And standpoint uh, is, of course, something that's important, depending on what you want to do in business or in social. And, and even if you are an employee or retired and, and you somehow want to be contributing to a better world, then you don't do it actively by massively promoting or uh, using um, fossil fuel so solutions. That's not a good idea. And there's nothing against actually taking a holiday, flying somewhere and anything. That's not really a big problem because now there's, there's so many um, lower fuel consumption ways to travel than by traveling with an ICE car. I mean, just take the amount of fuel that's consumed by an airplane when you're taking, let's say, 200 passengers from A to B, then when the 200 people go and take 200 cars to drive to, from A to B. That's, of course, something that some people might not like, but that's reality. Now, what can we do to be more sustainable? And that what we'll be listening to in the next episode. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit 
the website meetchrisbarge.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG-compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo, and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military, and several universities, and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarge.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle capbarge. It's spelled C-A-P B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P, Barge, or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel. <laughs>